Hi, hello, good morning. My name's Christopher Onyedema and I hope you've had a Merry Christmas. I hope you've had a good time celebrating Christmas with your family. Today, I'm going to be carrying on our sermon series on Esther, the book of Esther. We took a short break um, a few weeks back um, while, as we went into the Christmas period and now we're back. We're back and Esther's back. So I'm going to be carrying on the sermon series today on Esther. <laughs> it's my first time, my first sermon at Jubilee. So I pray that God speaks to me um, for, for you guys this morning. Um, and so I just want to start by um, saying 2020. What a year. What a year we've had. Who could have anticipated it? You know, I remember at the beginning of the year, I, I was sent home from work and I was told go and work from home and we'll see you back in a few months um, but here we are nine months later and working from home ha has become more widely acceptable you know and we have zoom church and I'm able to bring you this message from the comforts of my own home how amazing is that um, and you see through this year through all the challenges that we've been through from COVID-19 lockdowns to the Black Lives Matter protests and protests across other countries, other nations, the US elections. There's been so many things that has come at us this year. And when we look back at this year, actually, we might think, what a disaster. 2020, what a year. That was a total write-off. I don't want to remember it. As we go into the new year, 2021, we might look back and think, I want to put 2020 behind me. What a disaster of a year. But you see, what I want to do today is through the book of Esther is help us see and understand how God is at work, even in these challenging circumstances. See, I believe that although it's been an unusual year for most, but God has been doing things. And so far we've been learning about the Jewish people in the Bible, in the book of Esther, and what we've seen through this uh, chapter is God's heart for his people, a father's heart for his children. And as Gavin kindly shared with us a few weeks back, when we looked at Esther chapter two, he says, it's important that we see ourselves as part of this bigger picture, this biblical history of God's people. The story of the Jewish people is our story. And so as we carry on, I'm just going to give you a quick background on where we're at up until now. We encountered a guy called Mordecai. Uh, Mordecai, who is of a family of Jews, descendants of Jews, who lives in the city, um, in the Persian Empire, in the city of Shush. Now Mordecai lived with his cousin Esther, who the Bible says he raised as his own daughter. We then have the king, King Xerxes who was looking for a new queen at the time. And out of many young women, the king chose Esther to be his new queen. The Bible says she ple pleased him and won his favor. And so with that, we have Esther now being made queen. We then have a situation where there's a guy called Haman. Haman was second in command to the, um, to the king. He meets Mordecai. Haman in his position demanded respect, demanded people to bow down to him. 
And when he meets Mordecai, Mordecai refuses to bow down to him. And as a result of this, Haman decides he wanted to authorize the killing of all of the Jewish people. You see, this brought fear, this brought grief to the Jewish people in the city of, in the Persian Empire at the time. And then we have Esther approach the king and plead for the mercy of, his, of, of their people, the Jewish people. And so today I'm going to be picking up from Esther chapter 6. So let's read Esther chapter 6. That night the king could not sleep. So he ordered the book of Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthan, Bigthana and Tirish, two of the king's officials who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honour and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. The king said, who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the court, the outer courts of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on a pole that he had just set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the courts. Bring him in. The king ordered. When Haman entered, the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honour? And so he answered the king, um, now Haman thought of himself, who is there that the king would rather honour than me? And so he answered, to, answered the king, for the man the king delights to honour. Have them bring a royal robe the king has worn, a horse that the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and horse be enthrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honour and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honour. Go at once, the king commanded Haman. Get the robe and horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai, the Jew who sits at the king's gates. Do not neglect anything that you've recommended. And so Haman got the robe and the horse he robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets proclaiming before him this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor afterwards Mordecai returned to the king's gates but Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief he told Zeresh his wife and all his friends everything that had happened to him his advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come, surely come to ruins. While they were still talking, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried Haman away to the banquet Esther had prepared. So that's Esther chapter 6. And you see the message, one message I want to bring to you today through this chapter is that God is our protector. God will protect his people. You see, as Christians, I believe that we should not question or doubt that God is in control. We mustn't doubt or question that our God is faithful and in control. You see, sometimes God works in 
signs, miracles. We read in the story of Moses how an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Also, God works in the very protection, guidance and care for us in times where it might not be so evident. You see, sometimes what is important is that we know and have faith in God's sovereignty, even in times where we can't see it. Now, what does this mean? Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, God created all things and holds all things together, both in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible. The well-known statistics in the whole book of Esther is that God's name isn't mentioned once. But let's look closely. Let's look closely at how God protection, God's protection was over his people. In the first verse of chapter 6 we read, that night the king could not sleep. You see, at first glance we might look at this and gloss over it. It's really easy to, for us to just gloss over this part. My daughter Nelly, at the moment, she has to have a book read to her at bedtime every night. Night after night without fail, we have to have a book and we have to read it to her. Sometimes the same book night after night. At the moment, her favourite book is The Tiger Who Came to Tea. I don't know if you guys know that book, but I certainly do. I've read it so many times. I, I, could, I could probably re recite the, the, some of the pages without looking at the words in the book. King Xerxes was having a sleepless night. And you see, he decided to, 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 to read uh, the, the chronicles of his reign. And so him being the important king he is, he thought, I won't read it myself. I'll have somebody read it to me. And of all the books he could choose, he, he picked the records of his reign. You see, it's easy for us to gloss over what's happening here. It's really easy. He's just having a sleepless night. He's having a book read to him and hopefully he'll fall asleep. But you see, what this situation, what might look like a coincidence, is actually God's hand over that situation, over that very situation. It's God's master plan. His plan to prosper you, his plan to rescue you, his plan to protect you coming together. This wasn't no coincidence. As we read further, we see that as the king begins to read his story, he discovers how Mordecai had saved his life. See, this part really spoke to me because of all the records that could be that could have been read in that book whoever was reading to the king at this time decided to read the story about Mordecai and yet again not a coincidence God's hand was in this very situation we mustn't miss it we can go as far as saying God woke the king up that night God brought Mordecai's case to light. And you see, to us, this might look like a very small, insignificant moment. But in the bigger picture, it's all part of God's orchestrated plan to protect us, to prosper us, to prosper his people. And you see, what follows after this bedtime story that the king was having was the defining moment of all the Jewish people in the city, in the Persian Empire, in the city of Shush. 
We see in, 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 in verse 3 to 9, we see how from what the king had read, he decides to honour Mordecai. And the same man who wanted to kill Mordecai is tasked with preparing his royal parade. You see, in our lives, there will be moments, situations where we're thinking, God, where are you? What's happening? If we think about Mordecai in this situation, in this particular story, you would have had no idea, no clue. One minute he's in danger. He's scared, he's mourning for his life. He's got sackcloth on, on him at the king's gates, fasting, praying, planning on how he could change the situation. But then on the next minute, he's being clothed in royal robes, paraded on a horseback through the streets and being honored by the king. This is all God's plan. This is God's timing. And you see, I want to encourage you today to trust in God. Trust in his protection. Have faith that he's in control and he's working in your life. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Whilst preparing for this talk, um, I was encouraged to look back at my own life, look at moments where I might have thought were just pure coincidences, or moments where I had no idea what was going on, I had no idea what, was God, what God was calling me to, what God was using me for, I had no idea. And you see, as I look back at these moments, it's just evident to see how God's plan and God's direction was over my life. Let me give you a quick example. When I first arrived at university 10 years ago, it was my second option university after I didn't get the grades, to be frank, to get into my first choice. I forced myself to accept the offer to Teesside University. Amazing. You see, I had to go to university. I didn't want to let my parents down. It was the be all and end all for me. It had to be university. And although I didn't get the grades, I had a backup option. Although I didn't know where Teesside was, it was my backup. And here I came to Teesside. And you see, coming from South London to the northeast of England, to Teesside, it was, it was the last place I wanted to be. It was a massive culture shock. It was a small town, different accent, different food choices. There was no black people for miles. And there were times where I was like, Lord, what have I got myself into? What are you doing with me, Lord? Where am I? Where are you? Help me. And well, you see, 10 years, here I am, 10 years on. Still in Teesside, worshipping God in a church that has helped shape my life, my journey as a Christian, a church community and family that has nurtured me and helped me grow and mature. And you see, where I thought this was a coincidence or just a quick stop in my life, all of this, I can confidently stand here and tell you today is God's divine plan. This was God's place for me. Teesside was where God had placed me and where he wanted me to be. 
And so the next part I'm going to talk about is taking our place for God, taking your place for God. You see, in the book of Esther, chapter six, we it focuses a, a bit on two characters, one character being Mordecai and the other being Haman. And I just want to take a look at these two guys for a moment. So what do we know about Haman? We know he's an important man. He was an important man at the time, second in command to the king, a very proud man and power hungry. He loved his authority and power over the Persian empire. He wanted all the respect and authority. And even after he got that, he wanted more. He was consumed by his power. We also know that Haman hated the Jewish people, being a descendant of the Amalekites. He wanted to destroy all of them. And this was his perfect opportunity. And because he knew they stood out, they were different. They were people who looked to God as their final authority only. Haman didn't like this. To him, this was a threat. This was a threat to his opportunity. And here in this story, we see Haman consumed by his role of power, threatening God's people. A few weeks back, Gavin um, spoke to us about the importance of, of character and how vital that is in our journey as Christians. And here in chapter six, we see two case studies of, of, of character, one of pride in Haman and the other of humility in Mordecai. Haman was full of pride, that kind of pride that consumes you to the point where it, it, it's about my glory, my control, my authority, me. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves therefore under God's almighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. See, to put it simply, pride is when we only care about my glory, but humility is about God's glory. And so what do we know about Mordecai? You see, Mordecai, we know, would have had a challenge in life, but he trusted in God. He was a guy that you could trust a man of integrity. He refused to bow down to man. And we also see him uncover a plot, an assassination attempt on the king. He was a man that you could trust. He was also a man after God's own heart. Despite the up and ups and downs in his life, he trusted that God was, it was with him. And you see, Mordecai, through this story, was always at the king's gate. Here's another fun fact for you um, on the book of Esther. Um, and this is, it mentions Mordecai at the king gate, king's gates 10 times. See, that must be important, right? If it mentions it 10 times, it must be important. Now, this really spoke to me because Mordecai knew his place. It starts in chapter, in chapter, in chapter 6, verse 2. When the virgins assembled, a sec chapter 2, when the virgins assembled for the second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gates. Esther chapter 2, 19. You see, whilst the celebration and banqueting were going on for his cousin, the new queen, he was at the king's gates. 
You can imagine how hard that would have been for him. Knowing he's missing his, his what, what he would call his daughter's big moment. To be crowned queen. It's like being at a wedding and the father of the bride is sat outside missing his daughter's big moment. But this, but this was where God had placed him. And he was faithful to that. He trusted that God was working and using him in that very spot, that place. We didn't see that Mord- we didn't see after Mordecai himself was honoured by the king, after the, the, the glamorous parade that Haman had put on for him, he returned to the king's gate. King's gate again. Must be important, right? You see, Mordecai knew his place. Mordecai knew where God had called him to be. And he honoured God with that. He didn't allow the recognition to alter his duty and practice of a life committed to God. And for Mordecai, he wanted to honour God in whatever situation or position he was placed in. See, I want to encourage you today, as, 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 as we think about what Mordecai did, as we go into the new year, I want to encourage you to think about the positions that God has put you in, the places that God might have called you to. It may be your home, it may be your workplace, it may be on the street you, or road you live on, it may be at the park, as many of us tend to go on walks, it may be on our daily walk or weekly walk with a friend. How are you being faithful to God in that position, in that place? Do we honour God there? Whether you find yourself in a place of opportunity or in a place of, 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 of witness or in a place of recognition. What matters is that we recognise that this is where God has put us and we honour God in our place. Philippians chapter 2, 3 to 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility consider others more important than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You see, just like King Xerxes on that night, God is doing something in our lives. Even in situations where we can't see it, through this challenging year of COVID and all the unprecedented events, God is doing something. But are we awake to it? What is he waking you up to? What is he pointing out to you? See, over this period of lockdown, I've been amazed to see the church rise up, embrace new challenges of online church, technology, YouTube and Zoom. To see people step up and step out in areas of leadership, in areas of worship, in prayer. The church responding to issues of diversity and inclusion with our Belong course. Such an amazing course for, for those who were part of it. So what is God waking you up to? I don't know what you might be going through in your life today. What situations you might find yourself in. But let me encourage you. God is working all things together for your good. And finally, what key points can we take away from today? See, one of those is help and honour awaits the humble 
we see a clear example today in the story of Mordecai. Our welfare is in God's hand and in his heart. He loves us. He will protect us. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from God, the love of Christ? Shall trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? God works through the coincidences of our life. The circumstances around us, the choices we make. And if you don't know this God yet, I want to take this opportunity to extend an invitation to you today to get to know him, to get to know a God, a father whose involvement in the lives of his children in the world is so powerful, so faithful, so sovereign. A God who is shaping, designing and working in all things. Not just one isolated thing, but all things together for your good. But also the death of this same Jesus has ransomed a people of God. A people of God from every nation, every background, every culture. And that includes you. I just want to encourage you today to consider accepting Jesus into your life and choose to live for him every day. Thank you very much for listening.